Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 27, the playoff preview with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now, Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com. And use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And the weekend review has just two games as the regular season has ended. Playoffs begin on Monday, May the 2nd. And on April 28th, it was the Buffalo Sabres at the Garden. A 5 to nothing win for the Bruins. Buffalo had been playing... Better of late, um, especially on the they had their power play is actually fairly good now. Uh, it was a late season game without much on the line, and the Bruins sort of looked like that for for some of it. But they do get the win. Consummate pro Bergeron with the hat trick, and then Almark's first shutout of the year against his old team. It was just a business like type of game you have to play at that point. Yeah, they took care of business. Uh, some milestones as Bergy got the hat trick and his 400th career goal. Uh, Taylor Hall hits 20 goals for the seventh time in his career and first time since he won the MVP with the Devils. Uh, and on mark his first shutout, like you said, against uh, his former team. Um, the Bruins got a couple of power play goals. Hallelujah. Praise oh the Lord. Goodness. Thank, thank God. Uh, so uh, it was a good way to wrap up the, uh, the home slate against a, a, a bad Buffalo team. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that was a game that uh, the old manager for the Red Sox, Jimmy Williams, used to say, just got to play the schedule. <laughs> and uh, they had to play the schedule that, game, that night. April 29th, the next night, most of the team did not play the schedule. As, uh, <laughs> seven or eight guys were out. And, uh, you know, yawn. That was a tough one to watch. Preseason-like game. Getting looks from other people and younger guys. Chris Wagner played, who hasn't played for the Bruins all year long, right? I don't think he's played all year nope, long. all year long. Um, and thankfully, Jake DeBrusque isn't paralyzed after going back first into the boards. That was a little bit scary, and that's the one thing he couldn't have that night. But he came out, back out, and scored a goal. Uh, end of the season. Now we're on to the playoffs. Yeah, regular season ends with a meaningless loss. Uh, five of the six uh, top forwards didn't play. No Bergeron, Marchand, Hall, Hall of Pasternak, all sit. Uh, McAvoy, Lindholm, Grizzlick all sit. They got out of there healthy, even though DeBrus had that scare. And uh, DeBrus scored another power play goal. Terrific. Huh? And Freddie got a rebound goal. So uh, that was nice to see. Uh, time to get ready for the Canes. Let's go. 
Absolutely. And we'll touch on, I'll touch on Freddie a little bit later. He's been my whipping boy all year. And um, as we wrap up the whipping boy segment uh, at the last, after the last regular season game, he actually came on uh, and gave him something this year, which was good. Uh, all right. Seven chirps playoff edition sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week and you can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Go to Lops Brewing com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events on the social media. Number one, Chirp, who has the edge between the Bruins and the Hurricanes in goaltending? Wow, that's a that's a tough call because Freddie yes. Anderson is hurt and it sounds like he's going to miss at least the first few games. So the backup mm-hmm. will be playing for them. But the Bruins goalies don't have any playoff experience at all. So uh, to me, I'm going to go slight edge to the Bruins because Anderson isn't isn't in for the beginning of the series. And I think both of the Bruins goalies, uh, of late especially, have been playing pretty well. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Bruins as well, just because Allmark has been playing so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson, like you said, he skated today, I guess. This is Sunday, so. But they still don't expect him back for at least the first couple of games in the series. So you're looking at Antti Ranta, who's had a little bit of injury bug too, and then some rookie is third string. If it gets to that point, and the Bruins can get out early in this series, it could be a defining moment uh, and and lead the Bruins to victory in the series. So we'll see how that shakes out. But right now, I'm feeling pretty confident about Almark, even though he hasn't had a lot of playoff experience, if at all. Um, but he has played well for a large stretch of time here, playing confidently. And like you said, they have Swayman in case something were to happen. All right, chirp number two. Who has the edge <laughs> in the power play? <laughs> uh, so... Uh, over the course of the season, it's actually fairly even. It Canes is. are 13th, Bruins are 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruins, you know, have scored a few lately. You know, they had power play goals in uh, the last couple of games there to get mm-hmm. off to Schneid finally. Carolina has been better most of the season, scored more goals overall. I'm going to give the edge to Carolina because I think their defense, especially some of those guys on the back end, really put up some points for them. So I'm going to go slight edge to Carolina on the power play. I am too. Carolina actually had a tough stretch, almost as tough as the Bruins recently. I think they went over 22 or 25 or something like that. So they were just almost as bad as the Bruins uh, haven't been great for a while either. So that could be whoever figures it out and, and scores a power play goal here or there in the series. All right. Number three, who has the edge in the penalty kill? And I would, my concern with the Bruins penalty kill, I think Forbort's playing p- pretty well there. It's all going to come down to like Carlo. It's going to come down to um, the Fords uh, getting in the shooting lanes, which they typically do pretty well. Um, but I'm a little, I'm a little scared about the penalty kill because I feel like sometimes it teeters on not being great. The edge in the penalty kill goes to Carolina. They have the best penalty kill in the league at 88 percent, wow. which is ridiculously good. Uh, mm-hmm. Bruins are ninth in the league at 81 uh, point. Two, I believe. The edge goes to Carolina in the penalty kill. They've been good all year. They've really taken the taken the other teams out of kind of out of what they wanted to do. They're really aggressive. I don't think it's a slight edge either. I think the edge uh clearly goes to Carolina on the penalty kill. I do too. And I think that the Bruins need to get some bodies to the net. They need to get shots in and through. And it's not a good recipe when the Carolina Hurricanes are, have 88% on the penalty kill and the Bruins, are, I think, are the second-worst shooting percentage in the playoffs right now. 
their shooting percentage is really low. Their so shooting percentage league-wide was 30th. So 30th. Yeah. yeah. So it's well, not are. just the playoff teams. It's of the entire league of the entire league. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Like that's, that's something. And, and I've been watching for this recently and especially the defensemen, they virtually never hit the net. No, it drives me out of my mind. And there's too much of the shoot for a rebound off the backboards, like, like deliberate shot wide. Like, okay, we get it every once in a while, but Jesus driver through someone's knee. So they don't get in front there again. Like just try to get the, you know, get the passing lanes, get the one timers going and get it on net. Just get it there, get it on net so you can clean up some things. And that's part of the reason why they don't get a lot of rebound goals here and there, especially when they're not going well. Right. All right. Uh, chirp number four, who has the edge on the top line? Bergeron, Marchand and DeBrusque, who's been a godsend for them. And then, of course, uh, you know, Sebastian Ajo on the top line there. They're a dynamic group as well. I think the top line checkmark goes to Carolina because I think they have uh, better speed. They are responsible defensively. Uh, if you wanted to say the entire forward group, I honestly would give the edge to the Bruins. I think the Bruins' mm. second line is better than Carolina's second line. I think their mm. third line can be better than Carolina's third line. So if you sure. want to say total forward group, I mm. say Bruins. If we're going just on the top line, I say Carolina. And I'm with you because the third line of Coyle, Smith, and Frederick has been really good this year. And, of course, the second line has two you know, elite players on it, as, you know, Hall and Parsonak. And I don't think Carolina can really say that. So that's a big, you know, that's a big piece of it. And I think as we go now to number five, number five, Chirp, is who has the edge in secondary scoring. Secondary scoring. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Bruins. I mean, Carolina has scored more goals overall than, um, than the Bruins have this year. But I think, you know, since January 1, the Bruins have the fourth best point, point percentage in the league. I think they're right there. I think they can play with anybody. But I think the secondary scoring is the is the Bruins. Two guys to look at for me for the Hurricanes that could potentially give the Bruins problems are Jesper Fast yep. and Jesperi Akakajami because he, he gave them some trouble early in the year. I think he scored a couple of goals and maybe two or three goals. And so those two guys and Derek Stepan is a, is a good veteran, you know, so they, they do have some people in there. Mm-hmm. And of course, Max Domi yeah. is going to be a pain in the ass. Domi, and need a writer. Gonna, they have some, they have that some guy right away. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, but I'm with you. I think, you know, if, if Coyle and those guys, the third, third line can pop one in here and there. And of course, if Hall and Halla and Pasternak, can can score some goals and give some relief to the top line. I think you might see if the I'll, I'll put it this way: if the Bruins' second line is the best line in the series, they win. I agree, they win. Uh, all right, who has the edge on defense? Canes, easily Canes. Yeah. Uh, I think Kylo's been so inconsistent. McAvoy, I think, is the best defenseman in the series, but Slavin's really, really good defensively. He doesn't put up the same kind of points, but they have D'Angelo to put up points. He has. Almost as many points as McAvoy. You know, he's pretty dynamic on the back end. He's an asshole, but he's a dynamic hockey player. And they've scored many more points uh, over the course of the year than the Bruins defense has. The Bruins haven't really gotten much at all from the back end. And and they're they're all good skaters. They're all puck movers. You know, I think I think the edge edge pretty clearly is Carolina on the back end. Yeah, and I think so too. And Ian Cole on the on the third pair with Ethan Bear is is something to watch because they'll be playing against Coyle and Frederick and Smith at times. And um, I guess it might come down to the two third pairs because Forbord and Clifton have been so good, and I would imagine they would 
they would remain there together. Um, if they don't kill you, then then that's of course uh, advantage Bruins. And then a chirp number seven, your series prediction. Uh, Canes in five. Okay. I think that I, I, yeah, I mean, I just, until the Bruins and I hope God, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I really, really want it to be a long series. I want the Bruins obviously to win, but until the Bruins can show to show that they can play with this team, I can't do anything other than that. They were outscored during the regular season, 16 to one. I know there were guys missing, but you know, 16 to one is 16 to one. I mean, you were dominated. You were embarrassed. They owned you. So until you prove to me that you can play with them, I can't say anything other than that. I think the Bruins maybe will steal a game, but other than that, like it's clearly Carolina right now until the Bruins mm-hmm. prove that they can play with this team. Right. None of the games were close. They I mean they yeah. weren't close. No. I mean it clearly looks like advantage hurricanes. So I'm going Bruins and six. Right a boy. I love it. <laughs> that the Bruins I I here's some of here's one thing I'm afraid of. You had success in nineteen and twenty against Hurricanes. So that's pretty fresh. So they'd probably be motivated to beat you and not get eliminated three out of four years by you. Mm-hmm. So that that is something I have in the back of my mind. But, you know, with the defense, with Lindholm added, the defense, if structurally they are playing together as a unit, they stay out of the box, and they, and they're, like you said, the second line is really creating problems for Carolina. I, I think you'll see a split the first couple games, and then the Bruins win a game five in, at Carolina, like in overtime, and then they win game six. So that's where I'm going. I love it. I, yeah. I God, I hope you're right. I, and, yeah, I but and my heart says Bruins, obviously. Right. Sure. Um, right. But I just watching the games over the course of the regular season, they just weren't competitive. So no, I, it, like I said, until until the Bruins show me that. They can play with them. It's it's hard for me to go, uh, you know, another way. Yeah. One of the one interesting thing to look at is how Lindholm with McAvoy plays against Carolina. Like, because they're going to get you know a lot of minutes. They're going to yeah get heavy minutes. Uh, yeah. So I how, mean, yeah. How was that pair that was never together? Right. You know, for them. Yeah. So can can Lindholm be be the difference maker? It it's possible. It's possible yeah, he could be because that was a big hole when the Bruins had played them earlier in the in the regular season. Sure. All right, uh, whipping boys time. This is the whipping boys' final analysis of the year. Trent Frederick ended up with eight goals, 10 assists, 18 points this season. Much of the goals, obviously, in the second half of the season, really came on with Coyle and Smith. Hit a little bit of a road bump there, um, a couple, you know, a month or so ago, month and a half ago. Had a couple of scratches after taking some dumb penalties, but for the most part, he improved. He found a role, uh, he, and it turned into a decent year for him. Better than I thought overall, obviously. So I'm going to give him a C plus. That's good. I, I mean, I think he's had a pretty good year. I, I still am worried a little bit about his discipline and his knowing when and when not to stick up for teammates, that kind of thing, taking right. dumb penalties. You can't, especially in the playoffs against good teams, you can't take stupid penalties. Um, no. Both of these teams actually um, were among some of the more penalized teams in the league. I think no. Bruins were 25th, Carolina was 23rd in uh, penalty minutes. Okay. So 
not great. So it could come down to specialty teams. And if that's the case, their penalty killing is, is better than yours and their power play is a little bit better than yours. So, you know, if it becomes a special team series, you might be in trouble. But Frederick overall has been, has had a good year and, and has found a home on that third line. And you best believe that those officials know that you're two of the most penalized teams. Right. So that's that's probably part of it too. Yeah. Uh, my whipping boy is Connor Clifton. He has had an up and down season. I think he's had an up and down career in the NHL. He's kind of a six, seven defenseman. Uh, I still believe he's the best option there on the third pair right right side. He's been better than Brown. He's been better than the guys who played their offside there. So I think he's really the best option. I'd like to see him play within himself. Him and Forbert have been pretty good analytically over the course of the year. So I'd like to see that continue. I'd like to see him play positionally sound, not take stupid penalties, not take runs at guys to get out of position and give up two-on-ones to good offensive teams like you're going to see in the playoffs. So overall, I think on the course of the, over the course of the year, I'll give him a C. He's been average. He's been, you know, some good, some bad, but I think he's still your best option there. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that he uh, obviously analytical darling, <laughs> as we talked about, but a little bit of friendly fire as we talked about, uh, <laughs> yeah. gets himself in some bad situations, and I think it has something to do with when he's starting to feel good about himself, he take some chances. You know what I mean? He almost mm-hmm. feels like he's saying, okay, I'm going to go make this play now, or I'm going to go do this now. Or, right. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's not, uh, I don't know. It's just not conducive when the playoffs, that puck could be in the net before you know it, if you make that kind of play. And that could be a really damaging, damaging for, for the Bruins. All right. Time to check in on the uh, beauties and benders for this week. In my third beauty, uh, Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy actually broke a, a record this year. Uh, he broke his own record, which was already five seasons, for most consecutive winning percentages of 650 or better to start a tenure with a team. Okay. So he's in it six years in a row. And he gets some, he's getting more grief now. And we've talked about this before. The coaches in the NHL tend to have a shelf life. They do. And Cassidy was someone who the fans seemed to like, media obviously liked, you know, players seemed to like. And then as we go forward here, sixth year now, there was some talk about Cassidy and and should they replace him. And fans were getting a little irritated with the way they were playing and so forth. So it's something to take a look at as we go forward in year seven and eight, because that's typically when most coaches really start to see uh, a decline and a new and a, a change in scenery or a change in coaching. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll take a look at that for sure. And then number two, Linus Allmark. Allmark has just been terrific. He was terrific. He gets his first shutout of the season against his old team. And I'm really looking forward to him to being, you know, pretty stout in net. He should have all the confidence in the world. He, he has a backup who's capable I think he. I think he's going to come up big for the Bruins. And the number one consummate pro, Patrice Bergeron, 400th goal, just a terrific player. And it was it was Sweeney, I think, today, who said that he really thought that Bergeron was going to keep going after this year. I did hear that, and and yeah. tell you what, that's music to my ears. I, yeah, I loved I love to hear that because if, without him, there's a gaping hole at center. No, no question. Yeah. So uh, mine three beauties. Uh, I'm going to start with number three, Chris Wagner. 
he had like a thousand hits in like 12 minutes of ice time. <laughs> 12 minutes of ice time uh, in the last game there. He had a couple of good scoring chances, chances and he uh, may have earned himself a look with the bees during the playoffs. If somebody gets injured, I think he's going to practice with them now. So, uh, you know, good for wags. Uh, you know, he was kind of a good soldier down in Providence all year long and, and came up and played well, played hard. And uh, he's had some years or times in his career where he's scored some goals, scored some goals mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you know, done some mm-hmm. decent, you know, he has a 10 goal season in the NHL. So he's yeah. a guy who could, who could definitely add something in, in the postseason. you know, tough guy to play against. Uh, my number two beauty is you, Maddie. Oh. I am a beauty. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque prediction comes true. Jake's gets yeah. his 25th in the last game of the year. Uh, so you are my beauty. Number two. Congratulations. Yeah, I tell you what, that was just, I want to say I'm Nostradamus, but at the time we were talking about it, I thought DeBrusque would just have a good year from the get-go mm-hmm. and he still kind of struggled here and there at the beginning. I didn't know he'd be in the top line. Like I had <laughs> that envision in my head, like he's going to be a second or third liner getting 25 goals. Yeah. So it, so it was advantageous that he ended up on the top line. Yeah, certainly was. Uh, and my number one beauty is Donnie Del Negro, head trainer of the Bruins, retires after 29 years and he got a real nice send-off from the team. Uh, they brought him out to the center ice after the game so that the team and the fans and everyone could applaud him. They gave him like mm-hmm. a Bruins-themed golf cart or something as a going-away yeah. present. Really cool moment for him. You could see he was moved by it. So uh, classy move by uh, by the leadership group of the Bruins and, and uh, you know, the fans and players for giving him a nice send-off. Absolutely important piece of what they do year to year. And Donnie, 29 years with the, with the Bruins. Wags had 12 goals in 2018-19. There you go. That was it. Yep, there you go. Bender's time. My number three bender, Jack Eichel. Face it, you're a neo-maxi zoom dweeby. And I'm going to lump the Vegas Golden Knights in there with him. Uh, Eichel has not played a uh, playoff game in seven seasons now in the NHL. Not one. And I know he's been on a bad team and a bad organization for a while, but he was brought in. You know, he's coming off of injury, had a layoff. But the way they lost as well, where they had every opportunity to get in the playoffs and just completely blew three or four chances. Uh, so they get a bender for sure. And I'd, I'd like to see Jack Eichel take a step forward because if he doesn't, he just becomes a pretty good player, puts up numbers, and really doesn't do a hell of a lot. Right. So he has to be careful of that. Number two, Bruins fans for screwing up the seventh player. Face <laughs> You're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. This was Eric Holla all day. And twice on today, which is Sunday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really it was. was. It was him. I mean, he took the brunt of he can't do it. They need a second line center. Right. He has the most points on the team since the trade deadline when everyone said they needed a second line center at the trade li- deadline. Yeah. Was Swayman good at times? Sure. Very good. But he had a dip. He's not the number one goalie. You essentially gave it to the backup goalie. Yeah, so I agree with you 100%. Halla basically gave double freedom rockets to the entire fan base, to everyone who was saying that he couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, he proved everyone wrong. He went above and beyond expectations. He's had his best season since the Vegas Golden Knights went to the Cup in uh, whatever year that was, you know, 18-19 or 17-18, whatever it was. So, yeah, um, yeah, he 100% deserved it, 100%. Absolutely. And then number one, my blood pressure. Face you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. It will be dangerously high beginning Monday night, May the second. Yeah, I will be pacing. I will be. Of course, there's always the 
the great story of back in 1991, I think it was, 90 or 91 when the Bruins beat the Whalers and they were down 5-2 to two at Hartford. Yep. This is a day pooling game where you scored like a couple of goals that came all the way back to win. Yep. I got so mad when they went down 5-2. I was in my living room at my parents' house. I fired my hat, I think, or something at this big picture on the wall. Came crashing down. So I'm up there trying to get it back on before my father has a fit. And they score a goal. <laughs> so then I'm up there, and I finally get it on. They score another goal. So I stood on the couch <laughs> until that game ended because I was so superstitious. Yep. And they won. So there you go. I'm not superstitious. But, you know, I'm a little stitious. <laughs> yeah. So my three benders. Number three, the Sabres video guy. Face it. You're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. Two failed challenges result in six minutes of power play time for the Beast. And by the way, did you know that a second failed challenge is a double minor? I had no I idea. Had no idea. No I idea. No idea. I, I didn't have any idea. First of all, it's a um, meaningless game. Why do you? Why are you yeah. challenging to begin with? Like your team I saw sucks. Someone tweet out that he was trying to build a culture there where we never quit. So we're gonna do it. Or we're gonna we're gonna challenge the. I mean, uh, okay. Like, start that in the offseason. Like, never quit. How about you do something right? How about building Jesus. a culture where you do the, the correct thing? How about right. that? Let's start with that culture. Yeah, what does the video guy say? <laughs> hey, uh, coach, uh, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Go ahead and challenge it just to yeah. give the guys, you know, a little bit of, you know, you get a little bit of motivation to not quit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So my number two vendor is a Toronto video guy. Face, you're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. This jackass in a meaningless game steals Felino's season hat trick, which would have been his third goal of the season. I know it. <laughs> it is and his 500th career point. They save the puck for him and everything. Take that puck, throw it in the goddamn crowd. Throw it at the Toronto video guy for all I care. But what an absolute dick move to, to challenge that goal. So goal taken away. Toronto wins. You know that was the worst. That was the do. worst. Because I, when he put it in, I'm like, oh, Foligno scored. Like, great. Yeah, like, that's good. Like, that'd be good. Like, he gets one late. Yeah. Like, hey, here we go. Maybe he'll, you know, get a little confidence. You know, he feel good about himself. And they fucking take it away. Take it it's away. Just- Absolutely ridiculous. And my number one benders, uh, the Red Sox bullpen. Face. You're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. <laughs> Get someone out one fucking time. Just get somebody out <laughs> for, for the love of God. Here's a, here's a good idea. When your bullpen sucks, let's take your best bullpen guy by far, make him a starter, pitch him four innings yeah. every fifth day. Let's, that's, a, that's awesome. That's a, it's a great idea. You know what else is a great idea? Putting a, a bullpen that's made out of pure gasoline on Nesson where the Bruins oh, are heading no. into the playoffs and they'll be on Nesson Plus and nobody will be able to find them. Super. Yeah. Congratulations. Nesson Plus in the playoffs too? No, I don't know. I, I, I made that up. I'm just, oh, pile, I'm just piling I'm on. Surprised. I'm just piling on. I, I, I certainly hope not, but I wouldn't put it by him, honestly. Wouldn't put it by him. Oh, that's brutal. All right, top seven Brewers, Bruins Benders podcast final power rankings. Number seven, New York Rangers finish with 110 points. They'll have the Penguins in the playoffs. Number six, Calgary. They stay number six with 111 points. They've had a really good year, and I picked them in the predictions on Inside the Rank to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So yeah, they're they're playing well. They play pretty well defensively. Like they have a Mm -hmm. Sutter Sutter gets them playing, you know, heavy and all that. So, Uh, and of course, Gaudreau is terrific. Mm -hmm. Number five, Minnesota Wild stay there at number five, 113 points. Toronto dropped a spot to 115 points. They had a really good year, and they are dangerous for sure. Uh, Carolina third at 116 points. Uh, Colorado 
moved up two spots to 119 points. And the Florida Panthers uh, had 122 points to finish the year with the most points in the league in a plus 94 goal differential. That's a wagon, and the Bruins will avoid that side of the bracket. So if they can somehow get past Carolina, it's a, it's a not saying it's an easy road because all the teams in the playoffs right. have scored over 100 points, but it's a little bit right. easier than having to go through either Tampa or Florida after that. So, right. Um, and you've had success against Penguins and Rangers in playoffs recently. You have. In the last you know, eight, 10 years. You have. So yeah, I'd rather have Penguins, Rangers, and go that route for sure. Me too, 100%. So the bottom three of the season that's just concluded, number 30, Seattle Kraken, come with 60 points on the season. It was their first year. Two teams were worse. Philly was only a point better. So, uh, you know, not too bad. First, right. first season, you know, not it's really what an expansion team should be. It's right. not Vegas was an anomaly. Yeah, this is what it absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number 31, the Arizona Coyotes finish up with 57 points. The future looks absolutely bleak. They had a, uh, league worst minus 105 goal differential. They're gonna play in a college stadium with Ugh. you know 14 or 15 people. It's oh. gonna be just absolutely miserable. Nobody oh, wants to be there. Nobody wants the team there. I don't think their own no. fans really give a shit either way. Whether the, no. they play in Arizona or Kansas City or no. Mississippi, it doesn't City. really matter. But J- Jacob Chickren actually just said recently, maybe yesterday, somebody asked him if he'd think about staying, and he said. Uh, I really want to be at a place where I'd like to be playing now instead of packing up. <laughs> yeah. So he's not going to be there. Right. Correct. Sure. And then number 32, yo, Montreal Canadiens finish up with 55 points. They won their last two games. Uh, and there's rumors of a three-year extension for Marty St. Louis. So Good. Um, Good. I like Marty a lot. I wish he wasn't yeah. coaching that team, but he is. So I have to root for him to fail. And there it yeah, is. I, and we do. We, we absolutely do. Uh, I think it's good for them. You know, they, they came out blazing when he got there. Then they came back to normal and lost a few and was back to where they were. But I think Marty will do some good things for them. And they need some stability. Sign him to the three-year deal and see. If he's good with young players, because you're going to have some. Yeah. And that's that's a good good thing. Although it sounds like uh, Carey Price and Shea Weber both might be done. Like Price yeah. was kind of hinting at the end that you know right. he can't really play as as uh, as it was things were going on, uh, mm. you know whether it's injury or you know mental right. health or whatever other yeah. the case may be. And then Weber seems like he might be done, so they lose a couple yeah. of cornerstone guys who were very very instrumental in getting them to the Cup Finals, you know, the year before. And that's two high price guys. Is it? Yeah, yeah. What ten? Yeah. And Shea Weber's at seven or eight, isn't he? He's big. Big time. All right. Week ahead for the Bruins. Playoff time. Round one against Carolina. Monday night, May 2nd at Carolina. Wednesday night, May 4th at Carolina. And then Friday, May 6th at home against the Hurricanes. And then Sunday, May 8th will be game four against the Hurricanes. An afternoon game. I believe that's a 1230 or 1 o'clock game. That's a matinee. We did a poll. (laughs) Who would win the series? And I actually put the hashtag Let's Go Canes there because I didn't want it to be swayed. Mm-hmm. You know, but 92% said Bruins and 8% said Canes. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, the people that follow us are Bruins fans, so I can't, I'm not at all surprised by that. And yeah. I want the Bruins to win. Uh, I, I actually vote. I voted for the Canes, so I'm one of the 8% because I wanted like it not to be skewed. I wanted 
this would be some you know dissent right. but uh right. like with my heart you're asking me my heart obviously I, I want the bruins to win i want the bruins to sweep them and right. i'd like the bruins to uh, outscore the carolina 16 to 1 let's sure. let's turn it right around let's win mm-hmm. you know 4-1 for nothing for nothing for nothing get the fuck out of right. there right right i i'm with you um I was a little surprised because there's been, there's been, you know, Bruins fans have been a little cynical, a little, I mean, they're always cynical, yeah. but it seemed to be even more like they thought many of them thought they'd be one and done like first round and out. And I was a little surprised that, that there was 92% there. I think there's a renewed confidence since they've been playing well and they got healthier and Pasternak's back. I think if he wasn't back yet, like if he was out one or two games early or Lindholm was still in and out, I think he might've seen a different result there. All right, rate and review for charity. $1 goes to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. And also you'll find on there uh, the uh, Pricks merchandise. Play Like Pricks uh, t-shirts on there as well. Um, And special uh, congratulations go to Michelle and Sydney who won the giveaway last week. Uh, and we are sending those out to you. And we appreciate everybody uh, listening, everybody engaging Thanks. on You're Twitter. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I am. I mean, maybe I am a maxi-zoom dweeby. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I guess, Facebook. <laughs> Subscribe to YouTube. Uh, download the Inside the Rink app. We're at Bruins Benders. We will be dropping an episode after every playoff game on all platforms. So more Bruins Benders for you in the coming weeks here, as long as the Bruins are in it. So you're welcome. And uh, keep an eye out for the May 10th NHL draft lottery. We'll see if the Canadians get Shane Wright. Shane Wright's the consensus, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. And there you have it. So Bruins and Hurricanes, game one Monday night. And we appreciate everybody listening. And go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Let's go bees. <laughs>